be ending our series on Philippians uh, today. We've roared, we've taken eight weeks to go through four chapters, <laughs> and uh, today I want to look at, I guess, what I consider to be the greatest promise in the Bible. I mean, in, in, in the sense it's the most all-inclusive promise. It's the most all-encompassing promise. In a sense, every other promise is included under this, can fall under this. It says, you can be sure that God will take care of everything you need, his generosity exceeding yours in the glory that pours from Jesus. Now, let's just look at that before we go on. You can be sure. In other words, not I can hope, not I can wish, not it'd be really nice. No, no. God says, you can be sure. I absolutely guarantee, you know, double your money back, whatever it is. I guarantee on the blood of Jesus Christ, I guarantee this. And then he says there that God will take care of everything. Now that word in the original is, is pas. Um, it, it means, and here I wrote it down, all, you get the word like pan-American, pandemic, anything that, you know, comes, pass. All, anything, everything, whatever, whenever, every time. What's not covered in that? Nothing. Uh, where's the wiggle room there? Is it, is it, does that, everything you need, well, would that mean spiritual needs? Physical needs, social needs, relational needs, everything you need. I will, he says, I will take care of that. And then it says, his generosity exceeding yours. So this is, this is a promise um, attached to a premise. It's attached to generosity. You know, we've looked at this. There's thousands of promises. Some, like I said, 7,000 or more promises in the Bible. They're wonderful promises, but God very lovingly, because he doesn't want us to enable us to be spoiled brats, um, he says he attaches every promise to a premise, even the commandments. Honor thy father and mother, that it may be well with thee that thou mayest live long upon the earth. So, he says, his generosity exceeding yours. This this is tied to our generosity. But he says, and we're, and we're going to look at that, how, how that comes together. So, then the question is, if he says you can be sure, if he says everything, spiritual, physical, emotional, relational, everything, if it said, it, and the only thing that it's tied, you know, it's just it's tied to our generosity, his generosity is tied to our generosity, then why the heck are we not having needs met? Why do we feel like oh, my needs aren't being met? Why? What's going on here? Is God a liar? We're going to look. We're going to look at here. Let's, let's, 
we're going to look at it at the little church in Philippi. Remember, and I'm going to read here, he, Paul talks um, to the church in Corinth. Paul, you know, established church after church after church after church. First church in, in, in Europe was, was this little bitty church, this poor church, this persecuted in Philippi. And, and um, he established them, good church, and, and, and then he left. And he went to other churches, established Corinth, you know, that's what First Corinthians, uh, Thessalonica is another one, you know, and these, those were the letters. And in some of them, he would, especially like Corinth, he would write back to them because they had problems. And others like, you know, um, Philippians, it wasn't so much they had problems. It was that they, here, in this case, it was a thank you letter. It was a thank you letter because this, this poor little church uh, um, was supporting him. He's in prison. He's in death row. He's ready to be executed by Nero. And and they're supporting him, and he, he receives the gift. Um, um, they, they send it by a messenger who risked his life, almost died in the process. And, and um, he would brag about this little church, this first church he started in, in Europe. He would brag to all the other churches. Uh, um, here, he's bragging to, to the Corinthian church. He says, I want you to know about the church at Philippi's generosity. Even while suffering in severe trials and extreme poverty, their lives have overflowed with joy because of their amazing generosity. This wasn't a church, just everything was going well with them. This was, this was a, a persecuted, poor church. I personally witnessed their giving, not simply giving what they could afford, but giving even beyond their human ability. And no one told them to do it. These people gave, and they said, they, they, they give, they, they support me. They, they, they give, you know, beyond what's reasonable. And it wasn't that anybody pressured them. It wasn't that anybody shamed them. It was, nobody even asked. They just, they gave. These people are amazing. They get it. I wish all my churches were like this. He goes, It was due to their own generous hearts. In fact, they begged and pleaded for the privilege of giving to serve God's people. They begged and pleaded. In other words, people were saying, no, 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 you guys are under persecution. You guys are poor. You guys are, you know, and, and, and they go, no, please let us. I said, but no, that doesn't make any sense. The way you, no, no, we really want to, but you don't have enough. No, please. Can you imagine this? goes on. And they gave in a way we did not expect. They first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us. That is what pleases God. There are basically two types of people in this world. Real honestly. Givers and takers generous and those who aren't. And God wants us to be, because that's, that's what he is. And he, and he says this, here, the kind and generous man benefits himself. And Jesus taught this. Jesus talked about 
You know, that as you sow, so shall you reap. Jesus said, you know, the measure you use is that for others, you know, is the measure that God will use for you. He will multiply that back. If I use a measure this big, he will multiply that. If I use a measure this big, he will multiply that. I get to choose. Be it unto you according to your faith. He says it over and over again. We're going we're gonna to look at that. We're going to look at how the kind and generous man benefits himself. And again, it, it's not that, you know, it isn't that God is bribing us. It's, he's giving us every incentive, like a child, like a parent with a child, every incentive to, to, to live the narrow path, to live the way that Jesus said, to live the true path, and to not miss life. Because this is what life is about. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, you want to give us benefits. We talked about count your blessings. You want to bless us. You're dying to bless us, but you're not going to enable us. <laughs> and so you, 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 you tie your generosity to our generosity. And you, but but you, it's not that you don't want to bless us. You want to so much. There are people like that church in Philippi. They got it. And Paul was just thanked them and, and used them as an example to the other churches. That these people, this is not pseudo-Christianity, this is true Christianity. Show us what that is. Amen. So, first thing. Every time I'm generous, of my time, of my energy, of my whatever... I earn the gratitude of other people. Think about that. I, you know, I've done lots of funerals. I did another one this, uh, this week. People get up and they talk. No one ever talks about how much the person got for themselves. They always talk about how, what the person gave when they give a eulogy. They always talk about how even if the person were in a nursing home, even if a person had almost nothing, they wanted to give. They wanted to, the gratitude of others. Here, he says, how grateful I am and how I praise the Lord that you are helping me again. And, and he knows, he, he says, I, he knows that they're poor. He knows that they're under trial, but you're doing it again. It was so good that you helped me when I needed it. You Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I brought you the good news. It was, <laughs> of all the churches, one poor little persecuted church was the one that was the most, he says, you guys, you, you were like exceptions. No other church did this. You sent me aid again and again when I was in need. So I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me. You know, we are no living by what we get. We are no legacy. We are in, we are no life. We are no reputation by what we give. Um, that's something for for every single one of us.
who do I need? Who do I need to, to say in a very concrete way how I appreciate you, how you were there for me? People always go, well, they know, which is an excuse. When we do parental blessings where I get the parents to talk you know, to, the, to the kids and to give them blessing and to say you know, wh- how you see them and what their future is going to be, a lot of times you know, parents sometimes go, well, they already know. We don't have to do that. Yes, you do. Silence uh, is usually interpreted negatively. Who do I need? to do to what, what Paul did to them. Thank, and then the other side is this. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to God because you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ. It's right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a very special place in my heart. We have shared together the blessings of God. And I think we all need to think who who would be the people that would really say, wow, I am so glad for the generosity. I'm so glad this person invested their time, their energy, their, you know, in me. Who would be saying that about you, about me? Who are the people that, I think we need to hear, look, listen to both sides. Number two, I show what really matters most. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be. That, that, um, that I reveal what really is in my heart by how I spend my time, my energy, my money. Where my treasure is, there will my heart be also. And, you know, for some people, uh, if, if I looked at, you know, I know. If, if, if when, you, when you look at, um, well, if anybody would look at your checkbook or your credit card statement or your day timer or your, you know, scheduler, that dates me day timer. <laughs> and they see, okay, this is my time. This is my, they would say, wow, that's what really matters most. person can say, well, this matters most, but where do I spend my time, my energy, my money? That's what really matters most. Here, he says... I want you to understand what really matters. And the person who dies with the most toys wins. Right? No, the person who dies with the most toys dies. I can tell you about the guy you know, that was buried with his Cadillac. And people said, boy, that's, ri- that's living. No, that's dying. Right? How much they leave? Everything. Here. He goes, all things I once thought were so very important, I now consider worthless because of Christ. He said, the things that were so important to me, they're nothing now. And the things that were nothing back then, they're everything to me now. Because basically life is, you know, either I... I love people and use things, or I love things and use people. I can love, I can, and, 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 and in that case, I wind up, you know, using things to love people, or I can use people to get things. 
It's going to be one way or the other. And, and it's not, and we're, and we're very skilled at self-deception. The mind is, is the mind is deceitful above all things. So we're really skilled at self-deception, and we deceive ourselves. And what Jesus says is, look at where, look at what you do, look at how you spend your time, your energy, and look at how you spend your money. Look at that. Because that is really not what you believe, what you, what you do. That's the true revelation. Here he says here in Philippians 3, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. That's where my citizenship is. That's where my home is. And, and, and it breaks the grip of materialism. Materialism is the, is the view that I that my sense of well-being and my happiness and my whatever else is somehow tied to what I can get here. And it's exactly the opposite of what Jesus taught. You know, there's, again, two types of people. Those who live in light of eternity and those who don't. Live here and now. That's it. And if, if this is all there is, then all of us are getting a raw deal. Number three, I become more like Jesus. And Jesus, the most generous person who ever lived, Jesus, the expression of God, God is it God so loved that he gave? Uh, if God is love and love always gives, you can, yeah, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And Jesus gave himself. It said he became poor, that we might become rich. He humbled himself. It says he gave everything. Because God himself, like, shucked off everything. Uh, um, to everything. To risk everything for us. Now, here. He says, your lives will be filled with the truly good qualities which only Jesus can, can produce for the glory and praise of God. We looked at this last week a little bit. You know, our gratitude is that we comes from we believe we deserve nothing, nothing. Amazing grace. I say the wretch like me, right? It's grace. I'm talking about grace, gratitude, joy. That's the formula in the Bible. So I deserve, I'm entitled to nothing, and you give me. Everything I have, you give me. And, and people go, well, I earned it. I earned it. <sighs> Jesus, the Lord's Prayer said, give us this day our daily bread. It's... Why well, earn my own bread? He goes, who gives you the mind? Who gives you the ability? God says, if I take away mm, just like that, you have nothing. Who? We could go on and on, but it's like everything you have, I want you to view every breath, every beat, every morsel of bread, everything as a gift from the perfect heavenly father who gives only that produces true joy. As long as I think, well, I earn it, and, 
and, and I deserve it, and you'll be miserable. Because then you're, then you're always wondering, well, how come I'm not getting what I deserve? That's why, and people hate this. In the confession, we all, I, a poor sinner. And be, oh, oh, I'm not a poor sinner. No, it's only when I realize, when I hold at the same time, I deserve nothing. But as a child of God, through, I'm getting every, that produces the gratitude. That produces the joy. That produces what Jesus was trying to get across to us. It's the opposite of lust. Love is, is, is give, G-I-V-E. Lust is get, G-E-T. You know, lust can't wait to get. Love can always wait to get. Here. Don't just look out for your own interests, but also look to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Christian means I'm following you, Jesus. I'm, yours is the only way. It says, I strengthen my faith. And Jesus talked about little faith and big faith. The disciples realized that's the key. They would say, give us more faith. And he, he would say this. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray and ask God for everything you need, always giving thanks. Strengthen my faith. That means, like the Philippians, okay, you know, we're under, we're under persecution. We don't even know if we're going to make it. Uh, but here, come on, guys. We can, we can really give Paul a really wonderful gift. We don't have, you know, and <laughs> how can we do this? How can we get it to them? Is what Remember last time we talked about Paphroditus goes, I'll go, I'll, I'll quit everything, and, and uh, here, I'll give you, here, you guys take care of my family, and I'll spend, I'll walk 800 miles, I will walk to bring him this gift. Yeah, yeah. I bet you, I bet you in that church somebody else was going, no, 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 let me. <laughs> Probably had the voting, and Paphroditus said, I won, I won, I get to. A whole opposite way of thinking. Whole different way. Strength in my faith means Somebody comes to me from need, and I don't have enough time, but it's like, I really want to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exert the energy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend the time for this person over here, and God, you're just going to have to make the time and energy there. Or here, here. oh, Paul, need, you know, he's all there by himself. He's on death row. Nero's going to kill him. I know it. Nero's going to kill him. I, and he goes, we don't have, God, we're going to give this. You're going to supply. I know, I know you're going to do it. I don't know how. I'm not worrying about it. I'm, I just, I'm, I'm giving. I'm giving. Because life is about giving. Because that's what Jesus would do. Jesus gave everything. I'm giving everything. I invest in my eternal home. Jesus taught not once, not twice, not three times. Six different occasions. Jesus taught about storing up treasures in heaven. <sighs> How the heck do you store up treasures in heaven? And basically, and Jesus kept on saying over and over again, he says, look, if this is, 
you know, now and eternity, we can either pile up things here or we can pile up things there, one way or the other. Of course, <laughs> I pile up things here and, and I mean, actually, there's, there is no contest between one and the other. I get, I get this for what? Maybe 80 at most 100 years? And this is trillions? Here, look. Though I appreciate your gifts, what makes me happiest, Paul told them, is the well-earned reward you will receive because of your generosity. The well, look at that, well-earned reward. I mean, he doesn't, he, it's like any parent with a child, do this, and uh, I know Robin will do this with little Kim, and he goes, and I will give you a chocolate, a Ghirardelli, he loves these Ghirardelli chocolates with a little raspberry inside. <laughs> and then, but what happens is, and he does it, and we, and we get to the point, it's kind of like, God, even if you didn't give me this. In fact, God actually doesn't get very specific about what these rewards are. He just says, you can have them trillions. I want you to trust me here. And we realize, you know, in, that, in one song, uh, holy, 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 it says, casting down their golden crowns before the glassy sea. These are all my rewards. Here, you can have them, God. You can have them. I don't need them. But he says, no, that's okay. I want to give them to you anyway. Two different ways of living. Two different, different mentalities. Now here, it talks about, um, he talks about, I want you to have the profit that accrues to your account. That's in the NAB. Um, the idea is it's, it's, we're banking. He says, it's like you're banking in heaven. Because you're going to bank one place or the other. And it's our nature to bank, so we're going to invest. So we can either have an IRA or an ERA. Well, is it an individual retirement account or an eternal retirement account? I mean, what, what is the only thing that is going to last from this life to that? How can I, how can I, I mean, I can't, if I can't take it with me, I can send it on ahead. It's, it's, um, there's, it's people are going to last, either with God eternally or without him. I hate to even think about it, but. And the truth, what was true, the truth lasts forever. Always was true, is true now, always will be true. So when I invest myself, my time, my money, my treasure, everything, in people, in view of eternity, in the truth, in view of eternity, God says, oh, wow, that's it. In, in, in the Philippians 4, it says the blessing, you receive the blessing that comes from giving. That's why he says to Timothy, give happily, happily. You know, like the bump, God loves a cheerful giver, although there's a bumper sticker that says, yeah, but he'll accept from a grouch. Except you don't get any credit for it. Unless it's given happily, God says, I don't need it. It's not about me needing something. I can do anything by myself. If, if, you're, giving, if you're giving to me out of, out of reluctance or without faith or out of pressure, it's like, 
That's, I mean, would you want to receive anything reluctantly out of pressure, out of guilt? Next, next week I'll be, it'll be my 48th anniversary. Imagine going to Robin, Robin, because I have to. You know what the reaction would be. Here, always ready to share whatever God has given you. Always ready. And then it goes here. By doing this, you'll be storing up real treasure for yourselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity. And that is the way Jesus talked about. I mean, when he says something six different, when he teaches it six different times, I mean, we're the only ones who are going to miss out if we don't get it. And we will, and we'll miss out on the blessing. And the final thing is this. I make God smile. Here. Your gifts are like fragrant offering to God. A sacrifice that God accepts and is pleasing to him. A fragrant offering. It used to be, and in, in some churches, you know, they, and I think it's beautiful, although I'm sure we, people would object. We, they would have incense, you know, that would go before. It reminds of the, of the vision of Isaiah. And, and, um, and he goes, because they gave Frank incense. Remember that? There. And he's like, oh, oh, I love that. Your offering, that's a fragrant thing to me. It makes me smile. It's pleasing to me. What makes you pleased when you look at your kids? When they hoard their toys? <laughs> Or when, or when they give. I hear about some things about where my kids give and this and that, and it's like, wow. I guess I did something right. <laughs> right? I mean, they turned out pretty good in spite of me. Maybe it's like, wow. And, and, and when God sees us imitating Jesus, self, unselfish, self-sacrificing, giving of self, time, treasures, every way, and it's like, that, that's my girl. That's my boy. That makes me smile. Doing it for the right reason. Didn't matter the amount. It's the heart, the proportion. So, when you, when, when you, you know, like the Philippians, give generously, you're giving out of gratitude, you're, you're giving to show what really matters in your life, what matters most to you, you know, because I want to be like Jesus, and Jesus is the greatest giver that ever lived, to stretch my faith, you know, God, I'm going to do this, and you're going to supply me I'm going to invest in the heaven because heaven, I'm living my life in a continuous light of eternity, and I want to honor and please God. And if God is love, that is the only thing that really pleases him. Now, then it says, when I'm giving it for these reasons, then God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Then. That's the premise. That's the four verses of Philippians 14 through 18 that precedes the greatest promise in the Bible, Philippians 4, 19. Just say it one time with me. But this is the way to memorize a verse. You ought to memorize a verse. This would be a good... Wouldn't it be good if, you, if there's thousands of... How about memorizing the greatest promise in the Bible? Here, read it with me. Philippians 4.18. Then God will meet all your needs 
according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.18. Is it 4.18 or 4.19? I'm thinking this to myself. Look, you can be sure God will take care of everything you need, his generosity exceeding yours. That's the way he puts it in the message. And the glory that pours from Jesus. Glory to God forever and ever. Very quickly, two ways to be generous. It's on the last page. One way would be by reason. This is the way everybody, or most people do. Millions of dollars are collected in all kinds of philanthropies and all kinds of charities by reason. It's by what I can afford. And people, you know, will see the pictures. I mean, you'll, you'll <laughs> on TV, right? You see those things, and they bring out the app, they bring out... And whatever else, and, and you get moved, and, 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 and then you think, okay, what would be reasonable? And that's what you do. Doesn't particularly take any faith. Anybody can do that. The second way is by revelation. And by revelation means, God, what do you want to give through me? Revelation. You know, the Bible, um, of course, the, the ultimate revelation is, God, is, is God's word. Uh, you know, Abraham, uh, uh, even before the laws were given, he was a friend of God. And he receives and, and he wants, and, and, he, and they were always giving. Abel, Cain, in fact, Cain gave, Cain gave, it wasn't the offering he gave. He gave with the wrong attitude. And God would not accept that offering. Except that Abel, that's why Cain killed Abel. And then Abraham later, and he brings a tithe, a tenth. That's what a tithe is. He brought a tenth, and, and it, it God, he, he, he was a friend of God. He, God hadn't even commanded what the amount would be. He knew. Later on, his son, Jacob, you know, he had two sons, Jacob and Esau. Jacob was had running away. He'd lived his life, his whole life as a as a as, as a Con man, it's a, for himself, the exact opposite. And here he realizes what he needs. He, and he goes, God, my first thing I want to give to you. He says, I'm going to give you a tenth of everything. That was the tithe. That was a voluntary thing. It wasn't even commanded at that point. Later on in Moses, it was commanded. And, um, and then, <laughs> and then uh, in, in Malachi, when God goes silent for 400 years, no more revelation until the time of the Messiah. Uh, he's, he tells them there's tithes and offerings. You're, you're playing with your tithes. You're, you bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Again, evidently, they must have been splitting it up maybe, I guess, giving part there, part there. And he goes, uh, no, bring it into the storehouse. And by the way, I am not raising funds. I went years without ever talking about giving. And people said, when are you going to talk about giving? And it was really because I was a coward. Because I didn't want to turn people off. And I was failing as a pastor because I wasn't talking to people because I was too insane, because I thought that, well, people are going to think that I'm just being. Now I'm saying it, you can think whatever you want. <laughs> and he says, You're playing games with the time. You're not bringing it into the storehouse, you know, which was the temple. You're doing other things. He says, Don't play games with me. 
and he wouldn't talk to them until John the Baptist came. I guess what I would tell you when it comes to giving of your time, your talents, your treasures, is this, discuss it. Discuss with your family. Discuss with your wife, your husband. Discuss with your kids. Your kids need to see this. I mean, I was raised in a family where I knew what the, the incredibly generous. They need to see this. One of the most important things we can teach our kids. And then, and then go forward. Uh, people, I know people, you know, people say, well, you know, uh, um, you know, can I, can I give a tenth online or whatever? Yeah, yeah, it's in the website. It's up on the top. Right, it's, I've always had it deducted. But, but, but it's more about a whole way of living. It's more. In the early church, they burned it. I mean, the prophets before Moses, before the burned it. It's impossible to love God without. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for all the things you've given me. Thank you that you made me. Thank you that you created me. Thank you that you gifted me. Thank you that you've saved me. Thank you that I live in America. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for health. Thank you for eyes to see, ears to hear. I don't take eyes for granted anymore. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my kids, my grandkids. Thank you for this church. Thank you for so many dear, dear friends that I love. Thank you for the joy of having a purpose in life. Thank you for how you've used my life. Thank you for how you've blessed my life. I could go on, Lord. This isn't Thanksgiving Day, but I want to give thanks by giving. I pray just like everyone else. You show me what you want me to do. Not only the tie that's in Scripture, but the the offerings even above and beyond. Show me, reveal personally, not just through Scripture, personally. Not what I can afford, but what do you want to give through me? If you're not a follower of Jesus, the first thing you need to do is to give yourself to God. That's what the Philippians did. They gave themselves to God first. You need to say this, Jesus, thank you for all you've given me. I want to give myself to you. I want my life to be in the center of your plan. I want to live for the purpose that you made me. I want to trust you. I want to really follow you. I want to learn to, to love you. And I want to give myself to you. I want to give myself to you like those Philippians did.